0: Welcome back to another episode of the Racing Records Podcast. I'm Ryan Sharkey and as usual I'm joined by Dean Hegarty. We've got a special episode today as part of our fundraiser for the Irish Cancer Society and um, we've decided to do a podcast marathon. Uh, We are so close to our goal of €500 and the link to the donation page is in the description below. Anyway, today's guest is a little bit different than our usual Racing World guests. This man is the Dundalk FC legend and the club's all-time leading goalscorer, it is of course Pat Hoban. Pat, welcome to our podcast, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on.
1: Cheers, thanks for having me, Uh delighted to be on.
0: So I suppose the big issue in the world right now is the coronavirus, how are you personally and the club handling it as a whole right now?
1: Um, You know it is difficult, I'm not going to lie, but uh, we're handling it quite well, Um. You know training six days a week out of the seven on the only thing it's on your own um we train through a um a coaching app that the club set up last year for pre-season so that's that's what we're kind of following now the guidelines of um graham norton who's our fitness coach who gives us you know different sessions every day so we'd be doing three days running, three days home gym. So the home gyms are done, done with Zoom sessions and uh, the running sessions are all recorded on an app with the running app. So, you know, there's no hiding places, but, you know, they're coping quite well. Um, The club have gone, I know that the club have put in a lot of guidelines within the training area in terms of, you know, all the COVID-19 NHS um, guidelines with all the hand sanitizers and stuff like that. So I know the club have done that, um, but unfortunately we have to wait till the eighth of June.
0: And is the eighth of June a definite return to action for the League of Ireland or what's the sorry?
1: Well, from what I know the eighth of June is for us to return back into small groups of training in force. So that's that's um, what's been put in place for us um, due to the FAI. They've put that in place, so we have to wait till the eighth of June to um, train in fours. Um, the club are ready for that. Um, they're, to be honest, they've probably been ready for the last two weeks because they're prepared for you know Monday for for us to be going back training in small groups of four. But it wasn't meant to be, so we have to wait till the eighth of June now.
0: And um, for yourself. Is it far more difficult than a big change for you to be training by yourself
1: yeah, it's a massive change um you know you're used to going into training every day and seeing all you know the group of lads having the crack having the banter before training you miss that quite a lot and you know you miss that competitiveness as well that's in training and then leading up to games there's more you get more in games then also uh you know, competitive-wise, so I'm really missing the competitiveness um, massively. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why I miss quite a lot. So, it, it is difficult, but, you know, you have to just get on with it and uh, hopefully it gets back sooner rather than later.
0: If the season was to be scrapped, if things got worse, just how big of an effect would that be to the smaller club?
1: I think it'd be a huge effect. Um, I think there'd be if the league didn't start up again this year, we had to wait till basically next season. I think, uh, to be honest, I think it won't be good for the league at all. Um, It'll put the league back 10 years, in my opinion, maybe longer. Um, There'll be a lot of cuts again, which probably will happen anyways. Um, But it definitely won't be good for the league. The league needs to get back up and running. You know, we're, where the where the you could so-called say we're the front line in football for in Ireland and and we need to be playing. It's it's our profession. It's our it's our jobs, and you know we take our jobs seriously. And the last thing we want is is the league to be cut. Because if that happens, then basically going to be out of a job until until next season, and that that could be what January when you're back. So you know it would not be ideal for you know clubs to to wait for next year in my opinion and it would not be good for the league at all i think it'll set it back massively
0: and just to move on from the virus now um who would you say was your biggest football influence when you were growing up
1: oh Jeannie, there's a few um when i was in secondary school i had a teacher called uh, his name is Mr. Tor. Can't remember his first name though, so don't ask me that. His name is Mr. Tor, and uh, he loved me anyway, even though I wasn't great in school, but in English class, I used to always, you know, the odd time he'd put on George Best. So he used to have um, videos of George Best, so I used to love watching George Best, but um, if I was going to go for someone um, more modern, I would have said um, the likes of Um, I love Rude Van Nistelrooy up top loved him, Um, Dwight York and Andy Cole, their partnership I used to love watching them two together Um, but definitely Roy Keane I loved watching Roy Keane, I loved everything about him, what he did for the team mentally, physically you know, his determination was second to none and watching a guy who can lead a team like that you know, into battle really you know, is really impressive and definitely inspired me massively
0: no fear or whatever. Just
1: go straight yeah, in. Proper leader. Yeah, no, like. yeah, a proper leader. No fear. Um, you know, always was never below 7 out of 10 in a game. He he gave everything. Um, for Manchester United especially, he gave everything. He gave his all. And, you know, that's the least you could expect out of professional footballers for someone to give their all every game. And, you know, if you, if you don't have a good game, at least you're giving their all. And you can see that within Roy. He'd drive others around him and... And that's why he was so successful.
0: Yeah, and like yourself there, you've had spells at the likes of Bristol City, Oxford, Mansfield and Grimsby. Do you think they helped you develop a bit more from the League of Ireland?
1: Um, well, when I went to Bristol City that time, that was in 2011, I think. Um that was to be honest it was a bit of a disaster really you know I learnt a lot got a lot of experience from going to Bristol City but um, I never got to play and the manager who sighted me left after two weeks and it was a bit of a a downhill battle there and uphill battle I mean and um, but I learnt a lot I was getting to train with the likes of David James um, getting to score goals past him but I was a centre midfielder back then I didn't really know my position I used to play in a couple of positions so um when i came back to ireland that that year back to Merview, i kind of nailed myself as number nine and then that's where i went from there and my experience over in the uk after my dundalk after my first dundalk spell it was good and bad a lot of highs and lows a lot of injuries a lot you know struggling to get match fitness it was because coming back too quick from injuries and then being out for even longer and and it was then when I got when I was thrown in the deep end to play games, it was, it was very hard to get to the match fitness that I wanted to. And basically what happens in the UK is if you're not doing this, they're going to get other players in. And that's what happened. But I learned I learned a lot from it, how ruthless it was. Um, it grew me as a person, not not in football terms, I don't think as much, but it grew me as a person, um, you know, mentally got me mentally tougher Um or, you know the outcomes that I faced when I was over there got me definitely mentally tougher and um, I came back I think I came back a different animal from the UK that time just because mentally and you know I grew a lot in that way.
0: Would you say there's a big difference ability-wise in class from the UK and the League of Ireland?
1: That's a tough question because the styles of football are Totally different playing the lower leagues. It's not nice at all. You could have maybe you know five teams who can will play a bit of ball, but then you have the rest who kind of play for final third football, and it's it's difficult to play against. It's difficult. It's difficult to be in a team. I found it very difficult to be, you know, at Mansfield when um, Adam Murray left as our manager because I just found that we were just lumping the ball and you're just chasing after a ball, and there was no possession or technically, like wasn't really great to watch, but they were they're they're all athletes over there. That's it that's what you could say about them they're they're all athletes and um the difference I'd say i I, I think you know a couple of our clubs could definitely hold their own and in definitely top of league one maybe you know championship, but you, obviously you need to have a bigger squad if you're gonna go into um those leagues because the squads are massive um you're talking four, Four in the strikers position. You're talking having two of every center half, right full, left full, center mids. You name it. So you have a mass. You have a bigger squad because there's that many games. It's very demanding. That's why I say about the leagues over there. It's very demanding. So um, it's just a rootless game over there. That's just the bottom line. If you don't do it in three games, you're you're whipped, and you might not see uh, football. You might only see 10-15 minutes. Then for for six weeks, seven weeks, and all of a sudden you're trying to, you know, build match fitness by training, which is literally impossible. And, and you're just, you know, you're just, you know, set back, I I suppose. And I found when I came back to Ireland, I was, Stephen was giving me that run of games again. And all of a sudden I was getting match fitter and I felt better. And, you know, things kind of went from there, but it's hard to differentiate between the difference because in our league, there's, there is a bit of a gap in our league and, um, and, you know, you can say us Rovers and Derry and the likes of Bulls like to play decent football. And then others, it's they're very hard to play against, you know, very hard to break down and stuff like that. So um, there, there is a wee bit of, of a gap in terms of levels in our league, but it is still difficult to win our league.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the coming back round of the- When you were coming back to Ireland, did you think at any point, maybe, I don't want to go to Dundalk, that I want to try something new, or was your heart just set on coming back to Dundalk?
1: Uh, To be honest, my heart was set on coming back. Um, I went through enough over there to be just, I kind of just went, you know what, I I just need to come back, I just need to start playing football, I need to start getting going again, Um, you know, I... I had a couple of clubs I could have signed for over in the UK and I went, I actually was about to sign for Dundalk in the summer as well. And there was another couple of other clubs and, and then I was trained away by myself because I was currently out without a club. I think it was in June or July, start of July or something. And um, I ended up doing my own knee. I don't know, bucket handled hair in my medium meniscus on my um, left knee and, basically that set me back i needed surgery so that set me back about 2 months 3 months um, with surgery and then uh, and then all the rehab and stuff with that so it set me back a while so then i decided you know basically no clubs would touch me in the uk basically at that time and i know steven was trying to get me back and all but you know i just wanted to get the surgery done and come back fit instead of coming back injured and being right in my eyes and um, you know i got that sorted and then I said, I had a couple of offers again, but I was like, no, I'm not going to play in conference. I don't really fancy it. And, and I'm, I'm not going to play for a lower league two team either. I don't really fancy that either. So I wanted to come back to prove myself, to prove, kind of prove the doubters all wrong over again. And, you know, I'd like to think I'd done that. Um, my first season, I came back with a determination and a bit between my teeth to, um, you know, to win everything possible and basically take the title back off. Cork as well, um, I was watching the boys over the years, and especially the year before I came that, you know, they won the double and it was to be honest, it was even sickening for me to watch, I didn't like it um, seeing the lads go through that with the pain of losing even in the FA Cup final, so um, I really I was like, yeah, I want to come back, I want to prove people wrong, and and um, I think I've done that Yeah, you
0: definitely did that and um, you mentioned Stephen there, Stephen brought you to the club in 2015 20- was it? 2013, yeah. And uh, what was he like as a manager? Obviously, he had a big influence on you.
1: Oh, he's a massive influence in my career. You know, Stephen, you know, I, I scored, I think it was 12 or 13 goals in, from our view, playing as number nine. Um, you know, we were a part-time side playing in the first division. Like, we weren't getting paid or nothing. And... um uh, Stephen picked me up from watching a game against Salt Hill. And to be honest, I was terrible that day. I was pure shite. Um, the game was terrible. It was nil-nil. But I heard he was there. And I think he's seen a game when we played Derry in the FAI Cup. And Derry absolutely pummeled us. I think it was like 6-1, 7-1. But I scored that day. I scored a cracker that day. And, and when I got the call from him... Um, I was like 1 million percent I want to sign from sign for him I knew he was good With young players And his eye for a young player Was just unbelievable His eye for a player In general was unbelievable And playing underneath Stephen For what Four years of my career um, You know I learned a lot from him How good he was Just Just getting the best Out players Letting them play with freedom let, Like you know um, You know Never really he, He'd get on you At the odd time Like you know Like to kind of push you But but um he what he was very good at was just literally letting you go out, play with freedom. Doesn't care about the opposition, regardless who he's playing, he just lets you go out and express and express yourself on the ball. Um, always wanted to play, doesn't like really hoofing it along unless it's, you know, that's plan B really. But always wants to stick to plan A, play, 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 and you can just tell from the last walk. The career he had at dundalk how well that worked out for him with getting talent behind it as well um you know he's just an unbelievable manager
0: and obviously he's with the irish team now i've seen your name getting thrown around a lot for a spot in the national team and we've seen that the league is getting a lot more recognition by irish managers of late um do you think that you might get a call up in the near future
1: um, it's very hard to tell. You know, to be honest, I thought my the year when I came back and I, I think I was on twenty all goals for Dundalk. Um, and Martin O'Neill was in charge. I honestly thought I was going to get a cap then. Um, I really believed I was going to get a cap. There was a there's quite a bit of a push for it online, not much so on the papers, but online. You know, I had nineteen goals scored before the break. Um, Sean Maguire scored twenty before he left i scored 29 goals that season uh 32 overall and i thought i was going to get a cap because you know they were struggling with strikers they didn't really have anyone but it wasn't meant to be um with steven in charge you know nothing's a given you know you have to perform whatever games hopefully we've games now to perform for him to watch and you have to you know keep performing really well at a high level hopefully do well in europe and you just never know um Steven's a manager who'll pick something on performance and and what he thinks is the best team to win games of football for in his situation. So you never know, hopefully. Um you know I'm still, you know, I'm I'm twenty eight now, so I'm still holding on. Hopefully I can get a capper or a few one day. I never got a cap for Ireland before in my life, and it would be a pleasure to get one. So, you know, if I keep working hard, you never know.
0: Yeah, and hopefully that will come. Um you weren't at Dundalk for the incredible European run, but the squad has been getting better since that. Do you see Dundalk getting to the group stages of Europe again?
1: I don't see why not. Um I think that's what we all want. At the club, as players, as staff, as as you know, as a whole as a whole for Dundalk, you know, that's that's what we want. We're working towards it. Um we felt a bit short last year. We got, I think, we got a bit unlucky to be honest with draws. We 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 probably got the two toughest teams possible. Even our first game against Riga was a very difficult game, and um, we kind of got through that with with the skin of our teeth. And um, getting Karabag possibly was the worst draw you could have got, and we held our own at home, but it was a very difficult away. And then Bratislava, you seen what these clubs went on and done then after that? You know they got to the group stage of Europa. But I think with the current team we have now, and hopefully we can get back to playing games very soon and get back training very soon. And I think with the team we have now, I don't see why not we can't. Pat,
2: um, being a Galway native, have you ever been around the, the horse racing festival over there? Or
1: Yes, yeah, I've been to quite a few. Uh, my first one was when I was 16, dressed up in a suit on Ladies' Day. Um enjoyed it, didn't have much money on me to be honest with you, but I remember winning one horse, can't remember the name but it was, it was about 8-1 to one and had a fiver on it and it won and I said that was me for the day now because because I didn't want to lose any more money, because I lost much. quite a bit before that
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, with, with this pandemic ongoing and, and the festival obviously, with the rest of racing as well, being behind closed doors it'll have a massive impact on Galway itself for the tourism especially
1: um, yeah massively I think Galway unfortunately is going to be a hit huge because I think you know a lot of their revenue coming into Galway is 48% you know um, of tourism and that's going to be hit massively unfortunately so I can see my con- my uh, county and my native people you know in for a tough ride for a while um, which is obviously unfortunate but there's nothing we can really do about it yeah um, you know it's it's going to be very difficult to watch anything behind closed doors it was quite difficult to be honest to watch the german league um at the weekend behind closed doors it just didn't feel right um uh it was just it felt a bit dead it felt like a friendly it felt like playing a pre-season game really and you know no player if you ask any player none of them would ever want to play behind closed doors but it's just the way we have to live at the time being to get things done and you know, for Galway, it'll be a massive hit with the races not being on. It, it's 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 a huge week for Galway and you know, it's just there's nothing really we can do about it.
2: Yeah, it's just unfortunate the way everything is planned out. Yeah, um
1: definitely.
2: Liga top goalscorer in the League Ireland, Pat, that is a, that's definitely a massive achievement. Is it something that you set out for at the start of each season? Do you set yourself a goal of trying to yeah. had a yeah, certain definitely. amount of had a certain amount of goals and uh, is it hard to get that target?
1: So the first year I came back, me and the physio, because I was injured when I came back as well, I pulled my quad so I was behind in pre-season and he was asking me my goals, like what's my goals for the season? I, and to be honest, I didn't really have one. But I, my main one was like, I want to prove people wrong, I want to prove that you know I can still do it and I'll show them that I can still do it. And he's like, I, I think you need to have a target in mind. So our target was 24 goals overall for that season. And I had that beaten in, in I think it was August or August, I think. I had that 24-goal tally beaten. I think it's August or September, start of September. And last year, I set one for me, and um, it was always going to be very hard to do what I did the previous year. Um but I didn't beat it. I wanted um twenty league goals, and I didn't beat it. And I only got thirteen, and had twenty overall. And but my goals from the pre the year before that were turned into assists because I had fifteen assists last year. Um, but this year, for the start of the season, I set myself a target of getting trying to beat my record of twenty nine league goals, and um, which was also going to be very hard to do. But it was a target I set, and it was a very tough one. And I started so well, I was like five out of five and I was, you know, I can feel it, you know, I was, I was feeling very sharp, you know, probably as fish, fish as I've ever been in my career. And, um, you know, I got, I've been, I've been trying to work on losing a bit of muscle and because I thought I was just carrying the, that small bit too much. I was about, I weigh about um you know, my first year when I came back to Dundalk, I weighed about 92.5 kg and I was down to 89.5 and that's probably the lowest I've been since I was 20. So I was doing everything in my power, trying to, you know, that, be that bit sharper and, and not trying to, you know, carry that, you know, more muscle for my, you know, for general play. I want to be that bit sharper and still be strong enough to hold up the ball for the team and do my job for the team. And, you know, um, I felt like, I was definitely on track to beat that record, but it's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen this year, so so let's hope I can try and, you know, do it next year.
2: Yeah, definitely. Pat, do you think that uh the likes of RTE and, and Air Sports could do a wee bit more for the League of Ireland? Like the likes of yourselves there um have have really set the Irish League or the League of Ireland out there. With the, the European runs there for the last couple of years, do you think RT and Air Sports could maybe get on board and try and schedule one or two a month live games? I know I know RT has one million percent,
1: you Many know, percent.
2: It would be a, a massive help for not only the likes of yourselves are getting you know more recognition that 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 is deserved for the work that goes on, but for the the smaller clubs and. And the league, you know, give them a wee better revenue.
1: Yeah, one million percent. I think it's something that definitely needs to be looked at. It's um I've been saying it for years. Like I don't see why why can't we have a game at least once a week on? We play Fridays. So yeah. why can't they have a game on once a week? Regardless if that's air or or RTE. Um I think there could be a lot more done for the league. Um even for our underage football as well. To be honest, um, we should be able to produce a lot of young young talent in our country, and not you know not let them go across the water and try and get them through the clubs. I know it's I know they make money on the on the players going over, but but try and keep these players in the country and develop them in our country to make our league even better and better and better all the time. And you know it's something that just doesn't happen, and I, and we definitely don't get the exposure we deserve. Um, you know they... Got to host that game RT of us in Rovers and to be honest, I didn't think we even played well that day. But it was a cracker of a game for for everyone else, and we lost three two. And you know that's the kind of ga- game that can be delivered in our league. And and the only way you're going to get that is if you if you keep you know putting them on TV. Simple as.
2: Yeah, exactly. It let's the the rest. Well, it gets it the, out there that the quality. I think that game was was not the game where. There was an absolute screamer scored. by one. Yeah, of the yeah, pair. there was
1: to be fair, there was a good few good goals scored that year that day, but um yeah, Jordan's goal was an absolute screamer. Absolute right. screamer. We worked on that corner the day before because we knew they left that kind of space there. And he's to be honest, he was meant to fucking head the thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's meant to head it. And somehow we got his leg up that high I just never seen anything like before in my life and an i remember strike. flying into the net and I was like what just happened like is this real am i in a dream or something <laughs> it, was it was an crazy. unbelievable
2: strike no? an unbelievable oh, strike. It was
1: unbelievable yeah. but definitely, um, i think I think they can definitely do a lot more for the league you know well it, it helps everyone it puts our league out there even in their own country you know even you know there'd be people in that, in our in our own country that don't believe in the league and and it might increase you know them to come to more games and See that there is a lot of talent in our league, and that you know, with the a lot of players in the last couple of years who had to go over across the water then to get into the Irish team, like your Sean McGuire, your your uh, Daryl Horgan, um, Andy Boyle, players like that who had to go over across the water to get into the international team. You know, I don't see why not. They can't do it from from our league. You know, Jack yeah. has done it, but there's definitely a lot of other players that can do it know I I'd have a few in mind who could do it and um, I don't see why not.
2: Yeah and with Stephen Kenny now in charge you would imagine that nobody knows the League of Ireland as well as Stephen Kenny and you would hope that he he will definitely be
1: be watching. And he I would judge, he would from what I think he would probably judge it on the player, not the not the so called you know what people think the standard the league is. Yeah and, and I think that could be good for the, quality of the player for the
2: national team as well as the league because you know going to the national games for a while, like we we, we went near enough every home game and for a while you are thinking I'm I'm based in Donegal and it's just right beside Derry and uh, you're thinking the track to Dublin they watch bad football. Is, 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 is yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you know, you're taking a day off work or you're going down for a
1: birthday or you know there's always Uh, To be honest, I'd rather watch watch Ireland lose 2-1, 3-1 or 3-2 and if they played the right way. That's the way I always thought. You know, we should be playing football in the right way, not just running around, you know, high press and our work rate was really good. But you need to be technically good on the ball in in international football. If you don't have the ball, you're going to get dominated. And that's why I think it's good having Stephen in there because... He will try to get them playing the right way. I'm sure. Um, he's done it wherever else he's went to, especially at Dundalk. You know, you've seen in Europe, you know, clubs who had what twenty times, thirty times, fifty times budget than Stephen had, and he had players who were dominating games in Europe. I watched the Zenit game in. I watched the Zenit game when they were playing in um, Tala, and they dominated possession. So I don't see why they can't. I watched the Baté game in Tallaght. They dominated possession. So if a team like Dundalk is able to do dominate possession against high-quality teams in Europe, why can't Ireland?
2: Yeah, and like, it's, it's something that the, the FAA have in their grassroots. You see all these academies and all the, the younger football clubs coming through. Now. Yep. They're, they're coaching them. They play football. But yet, no, whenever it seems to come to the senior level, it just seemed to let them down, as you say. Like they, they could be doing more as a, a whole. The faa to keep that going, and in years to come, it might not work automatically straight away. But in in five years' time, as you say, like Ireland could be a team where you could fill the Aviva every week because they're playing good football. Track they might the football, not always yeah. get. They might not always get the one. But as long as you say, as long as
1: people are playing the right way, it'll encourage people to come out. Well, let's hope. You know, um, with playing underneath Stephen you know that's the way he like playing. He like playing attractive football, but he also like to win. Also, um, he didn't fear any team. You seen these under twenty one teams when they were playing in that, even in that Toulon tournament. You know, they they, they tried their best against a very high quality position against Brazil, and they lost two nil. But it was it was a good game to watch. Yeah, they tried to play the right. They tried to play the right way. Even games they won. The games they won in that tournament, they were playing the right way, and I think that's the way you know Ireland need to be playing now for the future because that's that's the way international football's been played. You know, if you look back in our games in Europe, we were winning games one nil. I mean, in in if you look back games that Ireland played in, you know, the in the qualifiers, the European qualifiers, they're winning games one nil. They're beating San Marino or, or whoever it was, Gibraltar. One of them one nil, like. That's not good enough, in my opinion. That's you know, we should, be able to, we should we should be able to dominate teams like that, and we should be able to hold our own at home and and keep the ball better and you know play a better, attractive style of football. And I think Stephen will bring that to the country. You've seen it with the under-21s. You've seen it with Dun Dog. You know, there's a lot of young, like you said, young prospect coming into the into um into Irish underage football. So. You'll see in the next couple of years, I think Stephen will need time, but you'll see in the next couple of years that, you know, Ireland should be playing better football. I, I can imagine
2: that for for the start of Stephen's managerial campaign, that the Viva will be more filled than it would have been in maybe Martin's time where they weren't playing attractive football because people know... That Stephen's going to need time But they know what he's all about Because as you say, they've seen it in the League of Ireland You know, with Dundalk Even going as far back as Derry Or, you know, Derry went on a great cup run Way back when they beat the likes of Gretna And things like that So he has proven And I think, as you say, he just needs time And I hope that in the future Now in the next couple of years That, you know, the Aviva will be full And people will get behind Stephen and the FAA and, And try and get Irish football out there again
1: yeah I'd like to hope so Um, you know Stephen is he's he's the best manager I've played underneath and he's very good at what he does he's very good at getting the best of his players so um, I like to think he'll do that with um, Ireland and and I think Ireland will prosper from it and it'll be better for fans perspective as well watching a good game of football simple as definitely Um,
2: Liga Ireland um, what's the what's your favourite ground to
1: play at my favourite uh, ground Gee, apart from Dundalk itself man. yeah there's a few um, I like playing in Tala you know Tala's a lovely you know the pitch is always immaculate when you play on the pitch it's you know it's, it's a perfect pitch to be honest with you um, I think if if Dundalk had a grass pitch like that I think us as players would be 10 times better to be honest um and I love playing at Cork. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love I love the ground, how tight the ground is, the pitch is always decent as well. The crowd's always on your back and I just love stuff like that. And that's another pitch I, I that's another ground I really love playing at.
2: is there a ground in the league where you kinda think, oh geez, I have to track
1: the- Yeah but- a million percent. Finn Harps. <laughs> For Every player Every player would lie if they said, you know, that they like going up to Harps, But you have to deal with it. Um, yeah. You know, you're in for a battle straight away. You know, the pitch isn't going to be great at all. Might look great in camera, but I'm telling you, one thing, it is not. It's very, uh, it's very wet. Oh, it's it's a bog really to be honest with you. It's yeah. very bumpy. You can't play, you know, good style of football, but you know, if you go there with the right mentality, you'll get a result. And that's what happened this year actually. We scored early, we went with the right mentality, you know, win your battles. It's not gonna be pretty, but you know, you just have to get through it and win the game of football. And, you know, we done it with Fairies, um the last time we played Finn Harps. We always normally make it very, very difficult to yeah. win games there. Yeah, I,
2: like I've been at Fun Park a few times, and, and the Brandywell, and that, and like if you think you're a good footballer and you can just turn up, by God, if you get a cold, wet Monday night in
1: Fun Park, you're it's oh, definitely man. going to
2: test your medal.
1: Yeah, I did. If the, um, it was last season. They they were one up. They scored from a corner set piece, and it's the worst start. The pitch was brought in four yards, some five yards or something. It was tight. We couldn't play. It was wind. It was rain. The pitch was bobbly. It was like a tractor was drove through it. Um, they went one up, and we were like, "Oh my god, here we go!" And then, luckily enough, we scored. Garden scored from a corner in the seventy-fifth minute, I think, and it, was, it ended one-all. But we had chances to win the game in the end. But Genie, they met it really tough for us that night. Very tough.
2: And um, what what do you think of the the Brandywell now with all the work that that's
1: received recently? I think brandy, the Brandywell is a lovely ground. The, if the facilities, the dressing rooms are, the dressing rooms are probably one of the best in the league. Um, the pitch, I used to say, the pitch was very good at the start, but I don't think it's been well maintained. If I'm going to be honest with you, at the start the ball was like traveling very, very well, um, but now it, if you catch it on a dry day, it's not great. It's a bit like our own. Get on a dry day, it's not great. Um, I remember playing up in the Brandywell. The, uh, the first season, I think they got it done, and it was a dry day, but the ball was still moving because because they were brushing it quite regularly. And um, but there've been a lot of games played on the Brandywell because they share it with the Institute, is it? Yeah, they share it with Sted. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the pitch is not as good as it used to be, and that sounds mad. I know that sounds crazy because it's an Ashcroft pitch, and you might be thinking, what am I talking about? But there is a difference when the pitch is actually brushed. It raises up the, the,
2: the, the um, balls. artificial
1: grass and the yeah the balls and the ball moves a lot better. Now it's kind of like bobbling around the place.
2: Yeah, that, like that's that, as you but say. It's a lovely Ast-
1: ground. They've, they from from what I remember to it to now it's it's a lovely ground.
2: Yeah, like astro pitches do need a lot of maintaining to keep to keep they them. Do. Really, like, like a, it's more like a spring in your step because the, you need that wee bounce, on uh, the yeah. astro.
1: Yeah, you know um, people always say that you know, with those been on the astro because we're used to it and all this. I can tell you right now, if you went through our whole team, probably staff too, we'd love to be we we play better on grass. Yeah, we do. You if you see us away from home, we play way better on grass. Our football's more fluent when we play away. So um. If, if teams it's actually you know it's actually bad for us when we're playing on like a day like today when it's dry it's very hard to get our pitch um you know fully watered with we don't really have a proper sprinkler in place and even if that it still dries out and it actually makes the game more even and i found that playing in the last couple of years when they when you know when it was quite dry it makes games quite even because the bounce of the ball the ball doesn't travel as well and it kind of slows us down more than anything else um Pat, were you with
2: Dundalk whenever they played Derry and McGinn Park and Bunkrana now?
1: It was a couple of seasons ago, I'm not sure now. When I whenever played, played again. Is that like senior level? Is that like... F- I know,
2: It's the time that they were getting the Brandywell done up. The, um, no,
1: no, I wasn't there. I was in the UK. I
2: was, uh, was going to say cause that that would be our local pitch like, and, and the work that went done to that that pitch over the years Like, if you would have seen it. 15, 20 years ago, compared to what it is now. Like, the the youth growing up have got a fantastic setup. like, now to to play on.
1: No, I remember watching a few games, you know, just through Soccer Republic, really, you know, highlights online and stuff like that. And, oh, no, it did look well, to be fair. they no, it it definitely maintained it it
2: really well now. Ryan, do you have anything?
0: Um, Yeah. Pat, you went from Finn Park to Wembley. What
1: was that like, Genie? Wembley's the biggest pitch I've ever played on in my life. Um, it's actually bigger than Aviva. Well, I think it is bigger than Aviva. Aviva is huge, I don't know why it's so big. Um, I don't know why it's been big this last couple of years because we don't really, um, you know, retain the ball. Um, so I don't know why Iron were playing such a big pitch. Um, Wembley was massive, um, turning up just—I remember—I came on for like 15 minutes that day, and I think I'd done about four runs, and I complete dry mouth, and I felt like I was covering feck all ground to be honest with you, because <laughs> the pitch was just huge. But I'm telling you, the surface is the best I've ever played on, ever, immaculate. Oh. Well, that day we good. played. There, that day we played there. It was immaculate. Not a blade of grass, our place.
0: Would you say the Aviva has a better atmosphere maybe than Wembley would have?
1: Yeah, it probably does. I didn't get to play Wembley in a full in a full ground, so it's very hard for me to call. You know, I think there was only what twenty Grimsby brought um, a good crowd. They brought like eighteen thousand down, I think, and the team we were playing was only four screens, so I think they only brought a couple of thousand. So there's only about twenty odd thousand in the ground. So Twenty odd thousand and what an eighty thousand Cedar Stadium is not gonna be great, like. So it's very hard to judge that. Um I got to play in Aviva with what was it, 35, 38,000 or something it was. And that was great atmosphere. I loved it. Could barely could barely breathe when they when they put out the the smoke bombs. The Dundalk fans when they were putting out the smoke bombs. I could barely breathe when we scored. Remember when we scored to make a two-one, fat scored. I could barely, I could barely breathe when they put it throughout those smoke bombs.
0: And, um, remember that night in 2014 when we won the league against the Cork. That for me will probably be in my top five all-time moment.
1: Yeah. A million percent. It's it's probably it's it's right up there of, of uh, one of the best memories for me uh, in football. Um, you know, we were we were cruising in the league. We were doing quite well, and we drew a couple of stupid games. And then, you know, I scored that kind of last-minute goal against Braid the game before, and I kind of set up the tie. We were we weren't able to draw. We had to win. The draw would have done it for them. And the atmosphere that night was incredible, and winning it the way we did was incredible. That's an that's another thing that night um, I'd never forget as well. Stephen Kenny at halftime. We came in at halftime and we were frustrated to bits. We were kind of getting angry at ourselves. We were getting quite annoyed. Um, we weren't playing as well as we wanted to. And Stephen came in and he just sat down like he was one of the players and just calmed us all down. It was, it was amazing being there. And even looking back now, it was just incredible. He's like, OK, relax. Ten us all to relax. We're going to win this game. I'm going to tell you how. Blah, blah, blah. And just calmed us all down. We went out; we we're totally different animals, completely. Bossed the game in the second half and deservedly won. We if we didn't win the league that day, it would have been would have been awful because we would have we would have thrown it away. And the papers were labing us bottlers leading up to it and all, and and it wouldn't have been great for us if we didn't win the league that day because we deserved to win the league through the course of this whole season. And thankfully, we got the job done.
0: Donald going back from injury and scoring that night as well just added.
1: So it just adds to the story doesn't it great. steven coming back and then unfortunately shields again injured that night and then higgy coming in and and we are still able to play good football and it was brilliant night um everyone everyone in in that group of players played their part that year everyone did and which was great to see is also the whole squad played their part and it was just a great year
0: if we got the celebrate then Man, big pitch invasion offered. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It, was, it was brilliant. Um, the excitement, the excitement, um, for everyone because it was how many years until Dundalk won one? It was well, what was it, 20 something years or something? And yeah. they won the league, or was it longer? Or yeah, so it was just, it was just great, like, just great to win it, to celebrate it with everyone. It was. It was just an incredible feeling, and definitely something I won't forget.
0: I'd say there's plenty more of them nights to come, anyway.
1: Hopefully, hopefully, we definitely have a good squad there in place. Um, you know, Rovers have a great squad, which is great to see. Um, You've Derry, uh, oh, Derry, are always building. Bohemians always have good young talent coming through. So, um, you know, it'll, it'll be tight this year. When hopefully, if it goes back, but I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge.
2: Just going to throw like a lot of fire questions at you, Pat. It's just that you know, a kneeler or a kind of one. It's just a bit of crack. We're going to do it at the end of
1: the of them
2: today. Um, Game of Thrones or Peaky Blinders? Peaky Blinders. Robbie Keener, Niall Quinn. Niall Quinn. Stephen Kenny, Mick McCarthy. Stephen Kenny. Brandoel or Turner's
1: Cross? Ooh, Turner's Cross. Uh, darts or Snooker? Snooker. That was a tough one, by the way. <laughs>
2: Uh, BMW or Audi?
1: Oh, Audi. Uh,
2: and then are Chinese?
1: Oh, hey, Chinese, Indian. That's it. That's it. Yeah. People are gonna raise their eyebrows at the Nile Quinn one, aren't they?
2: <laughs> I'd say so. Uh.
1: I just, I just uh, going to that one. I just love. You know, he's he was a he was now an now number nine, really, wasn't he? And his general play was just brilliant. It was great watching him. He'd done a lot more than just score goals. He used to bring up, he used to bring players into the game, and that sometimes that wins you games. Getting, getting you up the pitch, and he was so good at it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah.
2: just just uh, something we're doing for a bit of crack along. At the end, no, no, you bros raised that one. To, just, yeah, relax.
0: relax. <laughs> right, all right well. a- that's us finished. Um, well, that wraps up another episode in our podcast marathon for the Irish Cancer Society. If you would like to help us reach our goal. link to donate will be in the description of this video below. Pat, many thanks for coming on. It's been absolutely brilliant to have you on. And uh, we wish you the very best of luck for when the football season gets back going.
1: Yeah, Yeah. thanks for having me. Make sure everyone donates. And uh, thank you for having me because I will. Thank you. Thanks, Pat.